Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing It in Real Estate. This week we have Aaron. Aaron is a real estate developer in Oakland. He got a start in construction. Um, Aaron's quite known around the area. He gives very great speeches at local meetups. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for the invitation. No problem. Aaron, can you talk a little, a little bit about yourself and your experience and how you got started into real estate? Yes, thank you. Um, I actually start in uh, real estate by accident. Um, I'm from originally originally from uh, Brazil, mm-hmm. and I came to the US uh, as a professional uh, runner. So that that used to be my job. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the US, I ended up uh, going to visit a friend that was getting some work done on her uh, property, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting connected to the uh, owner of the company. So that's how I got involved in uh, construction. That was 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, this particular person owned a concrete company. So I ended up working for this company for about five years. And then after that, I decided to start my own business. That's when I created uh, um, Concrete Solutions, mm-hmm. which is a concrete company that is specialized in uh, foundation work, structural uh, uh, projects, and flat cement work as well, such as like driveways, patios, slabs, and we do pretty much everything that is uh, related to concrete. Oh, wow. So that's pretty much how I, start, how I got started in, um, you know, in real estate, but, uh, um, you know, because I was involved in, uh, you know, uh, projects as, you know, single family homes and commercial buildings, that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really like doing real estate, but was related to real estate. And then after that, I'm sure we're going to go through how I end up getting to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. I had no idea that you came over to the United States as a runner. That's that's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I used to be really fast, but now with the age coming, I'm still fast, <laughs> but not as fast. <laughs> for, for our listeners that can't see us, um, Aaron's very in shape. He's a very tall man. I, I think he's just being very humble right now. I think he, he can still run that four, under four minute mile. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I had my uh, good time, traveled all over the place, and I had uh, really uh, some uh, you know good results. But um, but that's pretty much in the past. Now it's all about real estate. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So you worked in construction uh, for five years, from 1995 to the year 2000, right? Yeah, I worked for a company for five years, and then after that, I decided that was about time for me to start my own business. That's when I left the company and created my own business, which wow. I still have today. Even though I'm developing, mm-hmm. I still own the, you know, the concrete company and uh, became a general contractor. Then did a bunch of flipping, all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna get um, to talk about you know Absolutely. different uh, things that I have done uh, in real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can kind of segue to that area right now. So you started your construction company. When was your, how was your first deal? When was it? Can you kind of walk us through like when you first got into real, your first real estate deal? Sure. Um, actually, my uh, 
you know, I decided about seven years ago, I think maybe some of the uh, uh, people listening to us tonight might be familiar with uh, fortune builders, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you know, during the process when I was doing, you know, a bunch of concrete work and uh, it started doing more than just concrete mm-hmm. uh, for clients, and then I end up getting my uh, general contract, you know, uh, uh, contractor's license. And uh, it started doing, you know, more and more projects that was outside of just the, you know, concrete scope. And then after doing uh, hundreds, actually, hundreds, hundreds of projects to mm-hmm. other people, um, I decided it was time for me to start doing my own flips or my own project. Oh, so wow. um, uh, we got involved uh, with uh, Fortune Builders. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people are familiar. Some other people are not familiar with Fortune Builders. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a you know it's an educational program that kind of helps you to to get moving um, uh, uh, in real estate, mostly flipping homes, right? Mm-hmm. So I got together about seven years ago with uh, one of my greatest friends, uh, uh, Stuart Morgan, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided that to go through uh, the program. And um, that was about seven years ago. So our first project was a house that we paid uh, $205,000 in uh, Oakland. Oh, wow. And um, I think just like maybe a lot of people uh, can relate to that, mm-hmm. when you get your first project, you try to do a little bit too much sometimes, right? You yeah. want everything to be perfect, which is nothing wrong with that. That's the way it should be. But uh, I believe that the project ended up taking us longer than uh, should. Mm-hmm. So we still profited on uh, made a profit on the project. I I believe our first project we made about thirty six thirty seven thousand dollars. I found that which is not is not bad. But when you spend about six months in a project and then you have to divide that by two, that wasn't what you call like a a home run, right? Yeah. So that was our first project. We learned a lot uh, on the first one, mm-hmm. and then our second one was in El Cerrito actually, and. Um, uh, on the second project, we end up making $190,000. So we were like, wow, okay, that's way, way better. And but it's like, we, we, we decided not to get too excited because, you know, it's real estate, right? Yeah. So, uh, so that was our second project. And, uh, we had, uh, you know, many more flips after that. Mm-hmm. And, but that's how we started with a $205,000, uh, flip in, uh, Oakland, California. So, uh- that sounds really cool. And, you know, to highlight what on what Aaron said about Fortune Builders, they're a great organization that brings together real estate flippers. Um, they're particularly, I think they're they're nationwide uh, over here in the Bay they Area. They are, yes. Yeah, there's there's a strong uh, network of them. So if you guys are looking to get started in real estate, I also recommend looking to Fortune Builders. And I think once you mentioned about hopping to real estate, you know, get into your first deal and just – getting into and kind of learning the process and kind of taking what you learn to make the profit for the second deal. I think that's, that's absolutely amazing. And did you find your, your partner through fortune builders? No, actually, uh, Stuart has been, uh, Stuart and I, we have been friends for almost 20 years. Um, I actually was, uh, Stuart, um, found a property in, in Los Angeles and uh, he, because of my, uh, you know, expertise, he uh, asked me to come to LA with him to take a look at this property. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he ended up buying the property. I did the project for him. We did three other projects uh, mm-hmm. down in LA mm-hmm. after that. 
uh, driving up and down on uh, on uh, five uh, at night and spending a week, ten days there, coming back to see family, all that stuff. So I finally told the steward, steward, I have plenty of projects up here. Don't want to be doing any projects in LA anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see if maybe we can start working together. So that's how. But I already uh, knew Stuart before uh, we joined uh, Fortune Builders and stuff living together. That's really really cool. And this is all seven years ago too. So that's that's really, yeah. really amazing. Um, I think we can flash forward a little bit. So you mentioned that you did your first two deals, and then you guys did a lot of deals together. What was that? What was that tipping point to get into real estate development? Well, actually, we, uh, I would like to say that I believe that we were somewhat successful in, uh, uh, on our flips. Mm-hmm. I think we flipped probably 30 to 40 homes together. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm glad to say this is, doesn't happen very often, but we, uh, you know, I don't know if luckily or because of the system that, we, uh, that was presented to us, plus being disciplined, we never lost money on any deals that we did. Uh, which I'm going to knock on wood by now. I don't know if you guys can hear me knocking on wood. <laughs> so anyway, we, uh, we you know, uh, it was a very good partnership. Sun and I, even though we're not partners anymore, we're still great friends. Um, uh, but about a couple of years ago, um, we just decided to, I wanted to get more involved in uh, larger projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how we end up going uh, different ways. But, uh, you know, that was the reason pretty much that I, uh, because I wanted to pursue, you know, uh, what I'm doing right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So I yeah, instead of sleeping, so I wanted to be, uh, you know, doing larger projects that uh, potentially the payoff, it's, uh, it's better. Definitely, man. I think you bring up a really good point too. I think a strong partnership will go very far. And I also think there's also a misconception of partnerships as well. I feel like, there's always a stigma against working with your friends that, that in your family, but I don't think that's the case in real estate. You know, I feel like some of the best partnerships I've seen, including yours, are is are through friends who known each other for a very long time. You know, I think in partnership, there's so much trust needed to deal with so much responsibilities and large sums of money that you can't just literally partner with quote unquote anyone. You know, so. I just want to make that make that clear because I know there's a lot of stigma, um, especially when I talk to, um, you know, my parents are always like, oh, you don't work with your friends, you know, like, I don't think that's the case. Like, you, you should work with your friends. And you're, you're giving me a prime example of that, like how, how effective and efficient that could be. And also like your story too, like, you know, you, you, you made it clear with him, no feelings hurt, you're very upfront, you're very transparent that, you know, you want to move on to construction. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's really cool. So when you move on to construction, what, what year was this? And, you know, what was your first construction deal like? Well, when you say construction deal, you're asking about my first flip or... Uh, uh, your first development project, I'm sorry. Oh, development. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> actually uh, it's one that we're still working on right now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I... Um, became um, a business partner with uh, Chris Porto. Some of the locals might be familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris is a great person, a very, in my opinion, a very smart, very creative uh, uh, person. And um, I'm glad to have him as a business partner. 
So he actually approached me um, about a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. And then he, uh, he said, hey, I um, want to see if you might want to partner. And uh, we have, I have this uh, uh, potential project building Oakland, uh, Jack London uh, Square area that could be very interesting with, uh, you know, his knowledge of putting deals together in entitlements, that kind of stuff, plus my, uh, you know, experience with, uh, you know, construction and building and the structure stuff that we felt like there was a good partnership. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we ended up going look at, to take a look at the building. Uh, we liked what we saw, needed tons of work and, uh, you know, pretty much we are rebuilding, you know, uh, everything in there, right? Reinforcing the existing, the only, the only stuff that we are, are keeping on the, from the existing building is the four exterior walls, everything, roofs, subfloors, interior walls, all this stuff's coming out, right? So it's 95% is going to be a brand new building, right? So anyway, we started that uh, uh, when we purchased the uh, building, had already uh, plans approved by the city. So we just had to go there and uh, pull the permits. Mm-hmm. And uh, this particular project is we're going to end up with uh, three retail space and then 12 uh, apartments on the upper levels. Oh, wow. And so we got what is right now, uh, what was a two-story building, Add another sto- uh, story to the uh, building, so like you know, we're gonna end up with three now, mm-hmm. and that was to accommodate, you know, you know, or, or take advantage of the uh, the space that the city allows us mm-hmm. uh, through zoning, right? They they dictate what what you can do with uh, you know the space that you have. So anyway, so we're very excited. We are uh, uh, you know um, making lots of progress in there. And the project should be complete uh, uh, around May, I believe, uh, 2020. That's really amazing. And is there a particular reason why you had to keep out the original walls of the old building? Yes, it's uh, because of uh, the building is uh, historic. Okay. So the city, we, yeah, we had to uh, work uh, with the city around the existing walls, windows, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a uh, uh, historic building, so we could not demolish uh, completely and they start from uh, from zero. Oh wow, that's that's really amazing. So um, just to kind of dive deeper into this um, development development project, what what kind of challenges and setbacks have you guys faced already, and how did you overcome them? Uh, did you say challenge on setbacks? Yeah, challenge and setbacks. And setbacks. Uh, you have a lot of challenges. It's especially um, with uh, utilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, PG, PG&E uh, specifically takes a really, really long time to get through them and uh, to get anything going with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the challenges our utilities dealing with uh, East Bay Mud and, uh, and PG&E and then coming up with uh, uh, trying to work around the uh, uh, details from the existing building because it's a historic building mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's completely different from uh you know uh single family homes for sure mm-hmm. but i was up for the challenge and so far we i think we are doing uh, really well consider, considering all the uh hurdles that it, uh, it's just a lot more information that you need to to get through uh, to make sure that uh, you minimize mistake mistakes mm-hmm. And actually make make decisions uh, quick, such as like uh, on this building we we have uh, we're gonna be having uh, an elevator mm-hmm. installed. Oh, wow. uh, 
you know, the elevator company needs about six months to, to get everything done on their side. So if you wait too long, right, uh, you might be delayed on uh, finishing the building because the elevator uh, company is not, doesn't have enough time to, to put a, things in place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you run uh, an example, a, a four-inch four pipe for pg and to run wires in, you know, into the building coming from the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you know the, the, the pipe is not big enough, so you, you, you need a six-inch uh, or eight-inch pipe, right? So it's mm-hmm. just a lot more information, a lot more things to think about. But I, at the same time, I enjoy. It's a learning process. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, the payoff is going to be good. So, yeah. amazing, <laughs> right? But yeah. it's very interesting. I, I think a lot of uh, uh, I love what I do, and uh, for me, it's uh, I wouldn't say it's uh, sometimes a lot of headache, but it's very uh, uh, rewarding. <laughs> it's yeah. rewarding, right? Because you can see the transformation and all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. but you do have hurdles that you have to to jump in, and, and not, but it's you have to do that with a single family uh, home as well, no matter what, right? So. Mm-hmm. I just have to kind of learn the best way possible to uh, to keep moving forward. I like that. I really like that approach. You know, like every successful entrepreneur I talk to in the podcast always mention, like, they don't get stopped by things. You just figure out how to do it. And I feel like you're very in line with that kind of thinking where you're like, okay, there's a roadblock. I'm just going to figure out how to, how to solve the problem, you know? And exactly. I think that's that's pretty amazing for anyone listening to the podcast to take away from there. This podcast is hey you hit a problem figure it out you know like there's always solution to every single problem if you walk into a problem with a solution mindset you'll you'll be able to figure out anything and become successful you know so that's pretty amazing i mean just based on your story aaron like i feel like for you particularly as i'm talking to talking to you in the podcast i feel like you have like no mental blockage as you try to reach your goals, you know, you came to the United States as a runner and then you got into your flipping and then you started your um, construction company and now you got into real estate development. It seems very seamless to me, you know, and I guess this is a great way to segue to the next part, part, part of the podcast is like, do you think that your mentality as a runner has helped you become a strong real estate investor? Like just create a foundation of like determination that, you know, just to give the listeners a lot of background, I, I also used to be a cross-country runner. So I would say that a lot of my you know, willingness to not give up comes from running, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So curious, like, is that the same way for you as well? Like, you always seem like you're, you know, you're very determined, like, you're very smart, you're very intelligent, like, nothing seems to be a roadblock for you. Well, I appreciate all that. Uh, uh... I'm not sure about that, but uh, <laughs> you're right. Uh, the running did help me because when you run, like uh, I spent many, many years of my life just running. And to be honest with you, um, when I started running, I had no talent whatsoever. Uh, I had none. Like all my brothers uh, ran and uh, I'm the youngest of four uh, boys. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it, you know, it's a large family, like uh, four boys and uh, three girls. Mm-hmm. But I was really slow. I remember when uh, I first started getting to races when I was um, 14, 15 years old, you know, uh, even girls would beat me, uh, you know, on road races and, and uh, you know, people would make fun of me. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I made a decision that I wanted to, uh, to get better in running. 
mm-hmm. and uh, I would get up, you know, like one, two o'clock in the morning and tell my mom that I was going to go training because I wanted to beat my brother, right? <laughs> so I, I kept pushing myself because I had a goal in my mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, six, eight months later, I ended up beating him. He was uh, a decent runner, like a state runner. Uh, when I say state runner, it's like he was a state champion uh, in my uh, state in Brazil where I grew up. Easy. So that was kind of like a big deal for me, especially being four years, well, almost five years younger than than he he was, right? So after that, you know, he said, "Hey, keep keep doing it because you have talent. You know, it's uh, if you keep training, you're gonna become a decent runner, right?" Mm-hmm. So I start. I moved uh, from uh, my a small city, uh, and then I went to São Paulo, which is uh, you know the largest, uh, pretty much state that we have in uh, in Brazil, mm-hmm. and kept pushing and training really hard. And that's when uh, sponsorship came came across. And then, and after that, became uh, I wouldn't say it became easier, mm-hmm. but um, it's a lot more work when you actually have a team that is paying you to run, represent them, and then now you feel like I, I need to take this even more serious than before, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I started changing my mentality that uh, I couldn't do something because I was actually achieving stuff that I didn't think I was capable of. Mm-hmm. I knew I could, uh, you know, achieve them, but you don't know until you start pushing yourself more and more and more. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Grand Cordon. That's like, where's my limit, right? Some people might know Grand Cordon, some people might not. But uh, uh, where's uh, like my potential, right? So I was looking always for my potential. Mm-hmm. And when I got involved in real estate, I had the mentality when I was a runner. So it's like, uh, where's my potential? How much can I push? And what is my next step? And what, you know? So it's like very. Uh, uh, it's not about being very organized, but very disciplined, right? If you have discipline and you have goals and say, you know, a strong mindset, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is the, re- the direction that I'm going to be heading to mm-hmm. and I'm going to make it happen no matter what. When I say no matter what, mm-hmm. I'm not saying go, you know, just get out of my way. I'm getting done. No, it's like respect people, work together with the team, mm-hmm. surround yourself with, you know, uh, people that knows more than you do. Mm-hmm. So you can keep learning, right? So that's pretty much my my mentality. I, I always want to surround. I don't want to be the smartest guy. I want to be the dumbest guy in a in a in a room, mm-hmm. you know, because it's amazing how much uh, 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 good stuff comes on your way when you when you don't think you're the, the smartest uh, person uh, um, where you are, mm-hmm. and then you take all that information, see what other people are doing, people that are doing better than you are, and that's pretty much. My 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 focus, you know, it's kind of like uh, trying to get better, mm-hmm. you know, help others, and 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 just keep moving forward. I like that. You know, you bring a really good point too. You always want to surround yourself by people with the same energy, the same mindset, like-minded people. And I I guess you also bring up a really good point too. You know, you are the sum of five people you hang out with. So definitely pick pick those people carefully because they will influence how you think and how you behave and how you want to accomplish your goals, you know? So, yes, for I really sure. like so what would you say is your biggest source of motivation right now? What is your why? Well, for family for sure comes first, right? I, um, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a very poor family in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. So not having um, much, almost anything, um, you know, it, it's like you can't go in a different direction, but up, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
you know, my motivation is is uh, providing to to my family, uh, you know, things that I didn't have growing up, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't have to prove to myself or anybody that I can do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, knowing that you're capable, and uh, and you know, if you keep pushing forward and you have a plan and you discipline all this stuff, you know, it's uh, um, I get I get motivated because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I want to again. I want to provide to my family, not just here in the U.S., but my family in Brazil as well. That is still, is still need help, uh, you know, once a while financially. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, I would say uh, you know, of course, family comes uh, uh, first. That's uh, the main uh, motivation there. And uh, and the second one is uh, me setting up my own goals as well. You know, it's, that keeps me uh, uh, motivated to to achieve them and uh, keep moving uh, in the right direction. You know, that doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes or anything, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm a very motivated person, mm-hmm. you know, I agree. and I push myself all the time. And, you know, it's like a, a, sometimes even an example, right? I watch people like uh, Grant Cordon, even though he has his, you know, uh, good stuff and maybe some people see some bad stuff, but I take the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I, when I see people that are being successful and uh, uh, not just we're not just talking about the money. Right. But of course, money is important, but it's not, you know, it, it's not everything. Right. But it's like I, li- I like to see people that are uh, doing well. And and then I try to see what they're doing, uh, how they're doing. And instead of, you know, just. You know, some people, when they see this kind of stuff, people making money or being successful, they get a little discouraged. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I get motivated by watching them and I'm going to say, yeah, I can do that too, you know? And I know anybody can. It's just, it's just if you put in your head that you can do it, you're going to find a way to, to get done and you're going you're gonna to be successful um, no matter what. I believe everybody has a chance to you know, change their lives or, or becoming, if he's even successful, but, you know, again, not just about the money, but mm-hmm. maybe success uh, for someone is uh, just being able to enjoy life and spend more time with family. They don't have to have tons of money, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, if you're happy with what you're doing and then you're able to take care of your family and, and pay your bills, all this stuff, it's, uh, I think you, you should consider yourself successful. Yeah, right, I agree. You don't need to be, you know, uh, flashy and you know, like I'm, I'm the man of that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, that's my uh, motivation. I, I gave you a bunch of examples. I think I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I really like all the stuff you brought up. You know, like um, similar to myself, my parents escaped the war, so they came over here with nothing, and then always, you know. Even even as a child growing up, I knew I didn't have much um, much stuff around me. But at the same time, it was like same, very similar to you. Like I love celebrating celebrating other other people's successes. Like it, it makes me really happy that people around me are succeeding because I see it as a way that hey, if if they can do it, it could be done. Anything is possible, you know. And it's just yes. small mental barriers that break down over the years, and everything would just compound. And eventually you'll be doing a lot bigger things than you want to do, you know? So I, I, mm-hmm. love, that. I love that mindset a lot, Aaron. I think it's a great growth mindset. I think that's the most accurate term for it. Like the having that growth mindset to keep on growing and accept any challenges over and over, you know? That's yep. great. 
So I, I think as we are approaching end of the podcast, I guess some of the questions that I like to ask at the very end is, if you could redo your real estate career over again, what would you what would have you done differently? Oh, that's a great question. I, even though I uh, I enjoyed and had um, good time sleeping homes, I think I would have uh, um, changed uh, flipping to what I'm doing right now, developing. Uh, just because I feel like it's um, look, you need to get out there. If it's 10, 12, 15, 18 hours a day or nine hours, whatever, you decide how many hours you, you wanted to work, right? It's when, when you do this kind of work, that's one of the things that is good and bad. Sometimes you need to put 18 hours in one day. Sometimes if you say, don't feel so good today, I'm going to cut short, I'm putting 10 hours, <laughs> right? So uh, I, think, I think I would have uh, started in um, uh, doing larger projects and developing mm-hmm. uh, uh, earlier instead of spending as much time doing what I did before, even though I have no uh, regrets mm-hmm. on what I was doing before it was a learning process. And I think it's important for you to go through that. Mm-hmm. But uh, just like my buddy, my business partner, uh, Chris, uh, he's 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's young. Very, very smart uh, guy. Right. And I know he's going to do some, uh, He's already doing some uh, uh, great, um, you know, things, and I, I feel like he's gonna do, you know, even uh, uh, um, bigger, you know, things in the future, right? But yeah. and, and next thing, I'm happy for him, mm-hmm. and I wish I had, uh, 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 you know, started earlier. Okay. I'm not old for people that don't know me, <laughs> but um, but I couldn't have, uh, you know, changed early. But it's all good. It was I learned a lot in. I think that got me prepared to do what I'm doing today. Definitely. I think, I think you're an inspiration. You know, I think that your journey itself, that. Your journey is, your, itself is, is very amazing in itself. So, you know, I think a lot of us always look back and wish that we did this and that earlier. But at the same time, without these experiences that we experienced, we wouldn't be the person that we are today. You know? That's right. Yep. Definitely. Yep. So I guess the last question I, I usually ask in the podcast, what is your favorite book or podcast or any source of inspiration that you, that you, that you listen to? Uh, to be honest, it's, uh, um, I don't read much, which I know is bad, mm-hmm. but I try to educate myself and learn from, uh, you know, uh, going to, to seminars or, you know, trying to, um, you know, go meet someone that is doing some way bigger projects than me. Mm-hmm. Um, always like when I was running, trying to listen to coaches and, and uh, that kind of stuff. Right. So uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, even though I know book is the best way for you to, um, you know, educate yourself and learn and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Always when I, uh, with the uh, social media today, it's so uh, easy to get information on what you need and to learn uh, there. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, and I want to apologize to you to everyone out there, <laughs> read as much as you can, mm-hmm. right? And um, um, I, I personally uh, don't have like a, a, a favorite book. I have read a few, but I'm not what you call, like my wife, she reads every night, every single night she reads. And, and uh, I don't know if it's because I have been so... Uh, busy with real estate in the past 
I would say 15, 20 years. That's how I got involved in the business. And this is not, uh, not an excuse not to read, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I try to uh, to educate um, um, myself with uh, uh, a different uh, um, like ways. Yeah. Uh, I know TV is not the best way, but it's it, it just like you go online and, and you, you, you learn so much in there as well, right? But uh, for everyone listening, please read. Don't follow my example. That's a bad one. <laughs> okay and uh, i would just say you know decide what you would like to do mm-hmm. and then uh, you know find that the, the specific book that is uh you know that is kind of popular out there that everybody comments and then and start reading unfortunately i didn't do that even though i feel like i'm doing okay mm-hmm. i think i could have been in a better position have i uh read you know a lot more than what i did so I apologize for that. <laughs> no need to apologize. I think I think you bring up also a good point. Everyone's different, you know. Some people are readers. Some people are listeners. I think the most important takeaway from this is that you continue growing. You continue learning, you know. So yes, whatever medium you pick, you'll be you'll be fine the way it is. So that's okay. So I guess the final final question: How can our listeners reach you or find out more about you? Oh. Uh, cool. So, um, again, my name is Aaron and it's E-R-O-N like Nancy. That's how we uh, call Aaron in my country. Mm-hmm. And uh, my phone number is area code 925-408-5560. And uh, my email is concrete solutions with an S, 15 at gmail.com. Fantastic. And I'll also include those in the show notes as well. Hey, Aaron, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, please invite me again. I had uh, lots of fun and uh, hopefully that was, you know, um, as good as some of the listeners uh, expected. So it's I appreciate the invitation awesome. and uh, glad to be here again. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Right. Take care, Brian. All right. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.